0: Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we may see the wonders of your word. Amen. Today we are in 2nd Chronicles chapter 23, where we see Joash being crowned the king of Judah and the death of Athaliah. Verse 1 starts by saying, In the seventh year, Jehoiada, the high priest, strengthened himself and made a covenant with the captains of hundreds. We saw how Jehoiada, the priest, had married the sister of King Ahaziah of Judah and how King Ahaziah's evil mother Athaliah rounded up all of her son's family and killed anyone with the potential to the throne so that she could become the queen. However Jehoiada's wife Jehoshaphat realized what Athaliah was up to so she hid the youngest of her nephews Joash. And in the previous chapter, we saw how he was protected by Jehoiada and Jehoshaphat in the temple of the Lord. So after six years, finally Jehoiada the priest decided the time had come to make the boy the king of Judah. The very same incident is described in 2nd Kings chapter 11, but in verse 4 we read that in the seventh year Jehoiada sent for the commanders. However, Ezra the chronicler is writing it over here as in the seventh year Jehoiada strengthened himself. This is the very same expression used in 2nd Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9 where Hanani the seer mentioned that the Lord will show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is completely his. Show himself strong. The Hebrew word that has been used is Ichazak. Ezra the chronicler uses this very same Hebrew word in chapter 23 verse 1 when describing Jehoiada. So Jehoiada showed himself strong. So he was equating Jehoiada's actions on behalf of the little boy king Joash as that of the Lord. Ezra the chronicler is explaining to the exiles that each one of them should similarly show Hithazak, that is, show themselves strong. He was showing them an example in the priest Jehoiada to do the Lord's work. Jehoiada the priest could have very well been quiet and waited for someone else to do the job or waited for things to happen on its own. However, he did not do so, he rather strengthened himself is what the chronicler is trying to say to the exiles. And this expression holds a message for us as well. We are to show ourselves strong against the evil atalayas of our day. The world is full of such evil Atalayas trying to usurp the rightful heir—that that is the children of God from taking up their prominent positions by preventing them from being all that God wants them to be. And we need people like Jehoiada the priest who would strengthen themselves to thwart the evil plans of Next. Jehoiada the priest made a covenant with the people, with the captains and the assembly and Ezra the chronicler even points out the names of those captains. Azariah, Ishmael, Azariah, Masiah, and Elishaphat. Ezra the chronicler was writing out these names because he wanted to show the exiles that hey look, some of your ancestors joined hands with Jehoiada and strengthened themselves and made a covenant with Jehoiada to go into all Judah and gather up all the chief fathers of Israel and thus be instrumental in making Joash the king of Judah. Ezra was trying to say that this was a collective effort wherein the whole nation of Judah strengthened themselves in the Lord and likewise the exiles who are returning back from Babylon could do the very same thing their forefathers had done. Similarly, we as Christians should leave behind such a legacy where people looking back at us can say he or she strengthened himself in the Lord and accomplished so and so for the Lord. If we do that, we would find our names written in the book of life. It could be organizing such a huge WhatsApp network. Or it could be presenting the word of the Lord. Or it could be, or it could be being a prayer warrior and supporting this group. Or it could be as simple as spreading the word and sending a link out to someone you know. In our day-to-day lives, it could be as simple as talking about Jesus to someone we know, in our workplace, among our friends, etc. All of these things show that you are strengthened in the Lord, committed to do His work. Just like how the exiles were strengthened by Ezra's words and took courage and accomplished great things for the Lord. They all made a covenant with King Joash in the presence of Jehoiada in the house of the Lord, saying, Behold, the king's son shall reign. This was a very dramatic moment because all these years it was a great secret and Jehoiada just let them in on the secret that there was indeed a royal heir to the throne. What does this tell us? In today's world, many people are slaves to sin, or slaves of the devil because they do not know that there is an alternative path of freedom and joy and peace in Christ Jesus. They do not know that there is a legitimate king who can take control of their lives and reign so that they can have abundant life. And since they do not know this alternative, they give in to the prince of this world, Satan. And that's the reason we ought to strengthen ourselves, it's to spread this good news to the world. Jehoiada also had an amazing plan of how to bring Joash to the throne. And all the people of Judah did according to all that Jehoiada the priest commanded. If you read those verses, 8 to 11 you can see, everyone had a job to do. Similarly, we as Christians, though we may be belonging to different places and countries listening on here today, we have a specific role to play for his kingdom. Verse 11 beautifully says, They brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, gave him the testimony and made him king. Then they anointed him. First, the king had to be revealed. Second, the king had to be crowned. Third, the king had to come with the word of God, the testimony, as described in Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 18. Then the king had to be received. And finally, they anointed him. This is essentially the plan of salvation. This is essentially a path that each and every Christian needs to take. First, they need to be revealed to the King, that is Jesus Christ. Second, that person needs to crown Jesus as the King of their lives. And third, they need to take the testimony, the word of God from the King. And fourth, they need to make him the King of their lives. And finally, they need to be anointed, for we can never fulfill the role that God has set out for us without the anointing. In verses 12 to 15 we see the evil Queen Athaliah and her supporters being killed. This Athaliah heard the people shouting and rejoicing and praising the king. So she came in and looked and she saw the king standing by his pillar at the entrance. Then Athaliah tore her clothes and said, Treason, treason. But if you remember, she herself killed all the people of the royal household. But then she did not think of it as treason. In verse 14, we read Jehoiada the priest asking them to take her outside under guard and to slay her with the sword, whoever follows her. So not only Athaliah was killed, but all those who followed her were killed. Atalaya and her supporters were working in tandem against the kingdom of the true king Joash. This is very similar to Satan and his minions. Today the world is being held captive by Satan and his minions. And in the final reveal of the king of kings Jesus Christ, Satan and those who follow him will be eternally cast into the lake of fire. As we read in Revelation chapter 20 verse 10. Verses 16 to 21 talks about the reforms that Jehoiada the priest made with the people of Judah. He made a covenant between himself, the people and the king, saying that they should be the Lord's people. And look what happened immediately after that. So all the people went to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They broke in pieces its altars and images and killed Matan the priest of Baal before the altars. This killing of Matan the priest fulfilled what needs to be done for those who lead others into false religion as the Lord said to his people in Deuteronomy chapter 13 verses 5 to 10. So in the New Testament times today we are called to a much higher purpose. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 3 to 5 we read, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Paul is advising Timothy that those preachers or teachers of the law or teachers of the word of God who do not consent to the wholesome word of God but rather use it as a means of gain. That is for their monetary gain. And who are obsessed with disputes and arguments, who have a form of godliness but deny the truth of it. He wants Timothy to stay away from such men. That is, to not be associated with them. Similarly, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 12, he warns of the similar thing. He says, Of those who are practicing fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be even named among you, as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Verse 7 he goes on to say, Therefore do not be partakers with them. And in verse 11 he says, Have no fellowship, with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them. Some might argue did Jesus himself not sit with the sinners and eat with them and all that? Of course he did but then the thing is both of these scenarios are different. Jesus was talking about the sinners rather Paul is talking about one who is claiming to be a brother or a sister as we see in 1st Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11. But now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral, or greedy, an idolater, or slanderer, a drunkard, or swindler. Do not even eat with such people, he says. There are many more passages where he says the very same thing. Again, coming back, we see Jehoiada the priest was careful to bring back all those practices and customs according to what the law of the Lord commanded, which were stopped during Atalaya's reign. After six dark years of Atalaya's reign, the people once again rejoiced because the rightful king sat on the throne of the kingdom. Similarly, the believers of this world will once again rejoice when the rightful king Jesus Christ will take his rightful place on the throne. Notice how it says in verse 19 that he set the gatekeepers at the gates of the house of the Lord so that no one who was in any way unclean should enter. Verse 20 he says they brought the king down from the house of the Lord and they went into the king's house and set the king on the throne of the kingdom. So all the people of the land rejoiced. This is indeed a future prophetic verse about how those who do not follow the Lord will not be allowed into the kingdom of the Lord. And finally, Jesus will rule from his throne as the king of kings. And all the people of the land, that is, the land refers to Jerusalem, And the believers who belong to the land Jerusalem will rejoice. May God bless these words. Amen.